This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? How's it going? It's going good. I know we're actually kind of... I feel prepared for this uh, episode here. Episode 89 of Sick and Wrong. More it's prepared than usual. I know. We're like getting back on track. I think we're going to normally update on Mondays. Well, kick my girlfriend out of the studio so we could start the show. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. She um, just got recently reaccustomed to being back in the Tenderloin the other day. Yeah. I think I might have told you this. She was on her way. I think it was, was it last week I kicked her out of the podcast? Or we kicked her out to do the podcast. She was Made on her, her way back. Made Tenderline by herself. Yeah, she was on her way back, and she came across some homeless guy who was uh, just whipped his dick out and started peeing in front of her, like a block away from yeah. the uh, Sick and Wrong studio. Really? Yeah, just started peeing in front of her, and she just kind of like stood there and was just like, you know, with a disgusted look on her face. <laughs> then he lowered his pants down even further and just proceeded to shoot out projectile diarrhea all over the wall. Whoa. He had both angles. Well, the whole time going like, hmm, 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 <laughs> hmm. He was like humming a little song. And so she's like fucking sick. And then he looks at her. He's like, what the fuck you looking at, white bitch? <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, that's but, how I would have responded. Well, she comes back in and, you know, I mean, she did just move back here from Manhattan. But things like that don't happen in Manhattan, as we discussed in a previous podcast. So I was like, you know what? That's your homecoming right there. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to San Francisco. Yeah, it was nice. What did he wipe with? I don't know. Do they wipe in the... T- if you're a homeless person, <laughs> you need passe. to wipe? I think it's yeah. passe in the tenderloin. <laughs> Wiping's for losers. <laughs> So yeah, anyway. Well, um, well you saw, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we want to get into this, but as long as we're talking bodily fluids, when I left the podcast last week, I sent you a picture on my cell phone of the largest volume of vomit in the BART station I've oh, ever really? seen Down come out of one platform? man. Yeah, didn't you see the picture I sent you? I couldn't tell though. Like, yeah, it was a bad phone, cell phone really picture, but there had to be at least like two and a half gallons of puke. And, and it was great because the dude was completely passed out. <laughs> he wasn't even gloating and being like, yeah, that's me, motherfucker. He was just laying in his own puke. Yeah, and the cops were trying to kick him and wake him up, but it was it looked kind of like a combination of applesauce and pea soup. Like did they, ch- chunky applesauce did they put up the signs like don't walk here or oh no i was there like you know at the moment it, it had to oh, have you happened. saw it coming out of the guy no mouth? but it had to have happened like five seconds before i got there because yeah, i think he... i saw the dude coming with the mop but he hadn't been there yet and i was looking at him walking with the mop and i was like dude you need a bigger mop <laughs> or a squeegee just push it onto the tracks i swear it's a thankless job working for the bart you couldn't pay me enough to do that well they all work for the union they get awesome pay like you get lifetime pension yeah but would you do even if you got 25 bucks an hour would you clean up puke i have cleaned up puke before all right. <laughs> the toilets are worse. Like I said, just squeegee that stuff under the BART. Yeah. Under I the know. tracks. So uh, speaking of things disgusting, I read an interesting article today in one of the many porno magazines I work on at work. I think we've discussed my profession before on the Yeah, show. you don't work in the porno magazine. No. You don't have a large penis so, so, or anything. But... Yeah, I don't actually work in the porno industry. So what I do is we convert... 
print porno magazines to digital porno magazines. So, Thank God there are people like you in the world. <laughs> doing, you know it's what, God's dude? work. It's God's work. You know what, dude? I actually have to make sure that it's high enough resolution that you can zoom in like five times. So, you know, I mean, so it's not, it doesn't look all bitmapped and pixelated, so you can actually jerk off and zoom as far in as you can. You want to see, like, the hair follicles and all that shit, right? Dude, you know what? The I'm doing the master need to show I, up. I think I'm doing a social service. I'm helping <laughs> masturbators everywhere, okay? Right. I care about people. Helping people get off. Sometimes those porns that I've seen that you work on, I'd actually like you to blur it out a little bit. <laughs> that would help me. You know, I, I don't want to, like, give They're away any the names. They're not the highest end of porns. And I'm not going to mention the name of the company that I work for. <laughs> but, yeah, the porn magazines that I convert to digital versions are the ones that you buy at the store in the six-pack. Yeah. You know when they they have like a three-pack of porn yeah, for like $4? Say, I've seen the three-pack, but the six-pack, yeah. that's really bottom <laughs> of the barrel. So this one is was definitely bottom of the barrel. But one of my favorite things when I'm, when I'm going through it, it's like usually, you know, the porn become, kind of becomes background. Like it, it the novelty wears off. You're like desensitized you, to porn. No, I wouldn't say I'm desensitized to it, but I'm sitting in an office next to like my coworkers. It's not like I'm sitting there with a raging heart on being able to be like, yeah, this is cool. Do you need a Viagra or something? No, I'm just saying it's not an arousing environment. Oh. It's not, you know, it's not an arousing air. You're not like, having any problems with your equipment. No, I could look at the porn in the confines of my own living room and yeah. I could snuff one out easily. But when I'm at my work, sitting at my desk, I, I mean, I work with, like, there's no one attractive in my office. Really? Not yeah. a single one? Okay, a couple. Yeah. But I'm not looking at them when I'm looking at porno. Your standards will usually creep down to whoever's available, I found. I don't know. People tend to steer clear of the production department because they know <laughs> we're just looking at this nasty porn. Yeah. It's all men, I take it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a porn post-production sweatshop. Well, in. we actually did just hire a female uh, colleague. Really? Yeah, straight I give her. Or I, gay? I, I no. Uh, is she straight or lesbian? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Uh, you know, I'm actually not quite sure what her sexual orientation is. I've never asked her. I but can't imagine. I a... do tend to assign her all the gay porn that we do. Oh well, that's. Good. I was gonna say I can't imagine a straight girl looking at hetero guy porn. Yeah, long. I mean, seriously, dude, even the porn that we look at kind of makes me sick after a while. I don't like to look at it while I'm eating. Because, dude, I mean, some of the magazines I do are like the really fat magazines, like extra large girls. Any scatological works? No, we don't do any scat, but we do we do a lot of fetish, fetish, uh, fetish ones. Big girls, mostly. Well, one of the most recent porns that I came across I was doing today had an article about a new fetish that I had never heard of before. It's about dudes that are into women who have buff bodies, bodybuilders, female bodybuilders. There are guys that are fetishize you talk, well, the female bodybuilders. Well, are you talking about like, uh, you know, a physically fit, uh, like, who's that woman with the app? I don't know. Not Suzanne <laughs> Summers, the thigh master. I'm talking about I'm talking about, about She-Hulks. Yeah, like the women that take steroids that are just completely ripped and huge that could kick your ass Giant and my necks. ass at the same time. Their breasts go away. And they have the really deep voice. Right. Those are they're women, right? <laughs> they are women. Okay. They look like trannies, but they are women. But there are dudes who fetishize that type of woman. And so there are magazines devoted to naked pictures of those women. And so the guys that are really into those those type of girls are called schmoes. S C H M O E. M O. Yeah. And oh, oh. there's a whole genre of porn called schmotography, where they I guess yeah, I mean you can go look it up. There's schmo websites out there. I've I've looked at them. Oh, I will. Where they take pictures, naked pictures of these like bodybuilder chicks. I can't even imagine what their vagina looks like. 
Well, it was because interesting. When you, I mean, they wear those bikinis and everything. Like, there's no soft part of their body. It's like, I imagine having sex with one would be like trying to fuck a VW Beetle. Well, dude, I mean, the they're completely ripped. Kind, the it's really like hard kind. All aspects of femininity are gone. I mean, they're like totally ripped, muscular. Basically, they're dudes. They do always have those horrible permed hair. I've noticed. And they're all like oiled up. Yeah. Yeah, they always tend to have that, that permed hair. I don't. I, I don't kind of reminds me of it. junior high, when every girl had that haircut. So this article I read was talking about the uh, movie Pumping Iron. Do you ever see that? That's the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it was where he a, smokes pot. It was a 1977 bodybuilding documentary of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I think if I did watch it, I probably wouldn't jerk off. Well, that movie turned bodybuilding into like a huge sport because but before that movie came out, it was kind of like a medium sized like niche thing, and then yeah. all of a sudden now it kind of like shoved it into the mainstream. But women's bodybuilding never really became mainstream, and which makes sense because you know it, it, who really wants to like. I mean, it's basically like going to see a freak show. Yeah. Why? I, what, what? What possesses a woman to get into that? I don't understand. Well, this is what's interesting about it. Schwarzenegger famously says that the feeling of blood rushing to a strained muscle, known as the pump, is better than sex. So bodybuilders love the pump and identify with anyone else who loves it. And so women bodybuilders are obviously get high off the pump. But yet they make a fraction of the men's money and get few endorsements. In fact, they just pretty much get horrified stares. Yeah. So People say that shit about jogging, though, you know, that you get the runner's high or what else? I mean, all kinds of exercise that you get some high off of. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. I think it's just – you know what I think is? I think these people, they, they – They're get, hobbyists. They, I mean, it's a hobby. No, I mean, they get these – well, It becomes a lifestyle. Va- yeah, there's, you get super vain about the way your body looks, so you obsess about exercising. And I think it's an excuse as you, you tell people, oh, I just like it because it's, it's like a high, man. It's like – when you like smoke a joint, I just go out and jog. And it's like, no, you're just vain and you're obsessed with what you look well, like. I don't, dude, I think it's a little more than vanity when you're taking steroids to get your your muscles to grow to like gargantuan proportions. I think it is vanity. I, it's yeah. like it's this. It's, a, it's I think it might be a body dysmorphic disorder. Well, yeah, no, I'm saying. Well, and I'm saying anorexia is all about vanity. Also, it's like you don't understand that you look like a freak. You just keep if you're anorexic, you keep thinking. Oh my God, I'm so pudgy and fat, and you keep starving yourself till you look like Skeletor. And these women keep, or men also, I think they keep looking at their body and they're like, "I'm puny, I look like I'm a puny small. weakling." <laughs> and they just keep, you know, taking more and more steroids and get huger and huger. And everybody else, yeah, like you said, thinks they look like. Well, a, what's a interesting show. about this article is they're talking about the effects of steroids on the opposite sex. So pretty much they're talking about how like steroids – I mean male bodybuilders take steroids and female bodybuilders take steroids. But well, they basically are male hormones, right? Isn't that kind of what steroids are? Whether yeah, they be it's a natural or synthetic. But what it does to men, I mean I mean they both have effects to, to the uh, your, your body physiologically. But what it does to women though is it's just insane. I mean it's kind of disgusting. And the fact that dudes are into it like just – I don't know. makes me question society. Well, let me clear something up. All right. The dudes that are into these bodybuilding women aren't bodybuilders themselves, typically. They're like little skinny wimps. So a man who is into women with large muscles and an elongated clitoris, which is usually a side effect from using too many steroids. (laughs) How long are we talking about here? (laughs) One guy, one of the schmoes here said he was with a girl who had a clitoris the size of his thumb. <laughs> and when she was aroused, every it would just dude come out. listening to the podcast just stuck his thumb out to look at it. 
<laughs> dude, that's pretty big. That's almost like having a dick. I don't want that near my dick. No, dude. I wonder if they could move it. I know, like <laughs> you a think they could move it around? Thumb clit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You try and pull out, and they're like, no. <laughs> so schmoes are a small part of the uh, audience for bodybuilding. And are uh, regarded, are not regarded typically as true muscle heads. But a top woman bodybuilder who shall remain nameless in the story here was offered $10,000 and a first class airline ticket to Texas to tie up a schmo, whip him, and ride him around a corral for an hour. Yeah, this 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 type of fetish has like rich, weird guy written all over it. You got to have money to be able to pay for this type of activity if well, what these thing. dudes do is they fund like their training regimen they fund like they buy these girls apartments so they can go over there once a week and wrestle them for an hour so, so when these dudes when, are into wrestling so when they're competing are the girls like sponsored by those pervs over there <laughs> or when they win like i'd like to thank that pervert right there well the schmoes <laughs> are in the audience and they're That's paying the girls to take pictures to take uh you know naked pictures of them so they can get off and put it on their website. But, yeah, it's like they're basically the ones that sponsor the Miss Olympia contest. And it doesn't sound like they're having sex with these women. They're, like, what did you say? They're riding them around like horses I, I and getting wrestled. A and... I think there's a happy ending where she just rips their dick off. <laughs> that sounds pretty happy to me. Uh, but uh, So this article goes on to say Manhattan lawyers, doctors, and businessmen can board the subway in Midtown and be at bodybuilder Robin Parker's Brooklyn Loft in a matter of minutes. There they can wrestle her for an hour, get dressed again in their double-breasted suits, and be back at their desk barking orders before anyone knows they're even gone. Uh, many yeah! Robin's a, <laughs> Robin's a strong woman. She'll just beat the shit out of me. I'm going to fire some people this afternoon. She is a stable of 50 shredded female athletes for who, for up to 500 bucks an hour, are willing to show some of America's most successful men who's really the boss. The men who the bodybuilders call schmoes are part of a thriving international subculture that worships powerful women and whose idea of erotic bliss is to surrender to their overwhelming strength. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And it goes on like to detail. Basically, it says, like, wrestling was the only way I could get my hands on them, literally, says uh, Richard G., who's a rider, who drove seven and a half hours to L.A. just for a match. When they're close to contest shape, the quality of that muscle, the hardness, is unbelievable. It feels like polished marble. (laughs) So this guy wants to fuck a statue. Well, you know, I don't understand it. It's like... Is that what you define as sex? Like, you can't just get off having regular sex with a regular woman. Well, you need to, to go what, find, like, this... to say what's regular? Well, no, okay. I, I mean... have a question for you, though. So this completely disgusts me. I wouldn't have sex with one of these chicks, and I would probably... Well, let me just ask you. <laughs> would you have sex with one of these girls, given the choice, or a chick with a dick? See, now... Because chick with, chicks with dicks, but before you get to the dick, they look like a pretty hot chick sometimes. Like well, those, yeah, those, well, they're not all ripped. Those I mean, Bangkok they have... lady boys or whatever you call them. <laughs> yeah, but once you see the dick, you're going to run away screaming. Yeah, but I'm going to run away screaming from the thumb-sized clit also. I'm just saying, for, in an in a alien situation where an alien has abducted me and I have to... Well, I guess I'm not going right, to perpetuate the species about... with a chick with a dick, but I have to have sex with a chick with a dick or one of these bodybuilder chicks with a thumb-sized clit. I think I might... Go with the chick take, with the dick. Take the back door on the chick with the dick. You know, you're revealing a lot here, Wackery. Not really. No, but it's you a know, thought experiment. You know, I'm not okay. about to go find a Bangkok ladyboy. But for a thought experiment, think of it this way. Let's say you're at a club. It's dark out there. You got a chick you're with gonna a wind, dick 
who comes up to you, gives you a yeah. tab of ecstasy, or you got Vera, you know, this huge bodybuilder that gives you a tab of ecstasy. Who do you want sucking your dick? You probably don't know that that lady boy is an actual boy. Yeah, in that situation, it's not up to you. You're going to go with the chick with the dick because you're going to think she's a hot chick. He's yeah, a hot but chick. as soon as you reach down there and you feel a dick, you're going to start be, screaming. It'll be too late there because, like you said, she's giving you a blowjob. But that would be cortis interruptus. It would be completely done at, at that point. I, when you're when this man boy lady <laughs> is giving you a blowjob, how are you going to reach its cock? Dude, you're I'm gonna just saying, if completion before you get to reaching the crotch area. But before she starts giving you a blowjob, you're probably gonna be making out, and then you're kind of gonna feel down there and feel like some, you know, little cat balls and a <laughs> tiny penis, and then you're gonna scream. Yeah, you're probably right. But then again, but the if same you're, thing's gonna happen with the bodybuilder with the because, elongated clitoris. Yeah, it's like poking out of her gym shorts. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's disgusting. Well, you know, they say when they compete, they actually tape the clitoris back into their vagina. Yeah, so it doesn't show through the G-string. Do their vaginas even work? I mean, it sounds like they're, it's all kind of messed up from all these steroids. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second because uh, one of the guys who wrote this article actually was a schmo at one point, And uh, he writes a whole story basically about the way steroids can ravage a woman's body. All right, let's So it's kind of interesting. But uh, before I get into that, I just want to talk about some of the customers that go to these um, bodybuilder ladies for wrestling. They fall into three typical categories, overlapping categories. There are the ex-jocks who see wrestling as an end in itself. Good exercise with an erotic touch. Physically, it's better workout than playing basketball for three hours, says John R., a New Jersey mortgage banker. <laughs> an otherwise faithful husband and father who sneaks across the border every now and then just to wrestle Robin. <laughs> and then there are the uh, muscle worshippers for whom women with biceps and bulging calves are as much an ad- addiction as heroin or cocaine. They need Give their little break. fix. For these men, wrestling is a cheap excuse for body contact. And finally, there's a subculture within the wrestling subculture, the hardcore. The guy still living at home with mom whose idea of sexual ecstasy is to be cuddled in a bodybuilder's massive arms or to be lifted over her head like a helpless baby. <laughs> Dude, is this where person, does that start? Where is this does that person stem wearing from? a diaper? You know, I don't it know. Sounds like it. I just find it kind of disgusting. And they go on to explain what usually happens. So the wrestlers usually wear G-strings or bikinis. Uh, for the right price, though, some can get persuaded to fight topless. Robin takes the mat and goes into her competition routine, first flexing her swelling biceps and spreading the lateral muscles of her back like wings. The posing is a sway to both what her opponent's appetite and to intimidate him with her strength. In this sport, seduction and intimidation are opposite sides of the same coin. This sounds like Wild Kingdom. Dude, it, it's completely bizarre. It has its own mating ritual. It has its own, like, protocol. I guess if it's not covered by cloth, you can touch. That's what she says. And so the uh, author of this story actually wrestled one of the, one of the ladies and gets his uh, ass kicked. But uh, moving on, the, the guy who wrote the story that um, was talking about schmoes, and he was a former schmo. He so goes he's a on, recovered schmo, or he's just not into it anymore? I don't I understand think he was. That. I think he was just a dude, just a regular guy that uh, kind of got into dating one of these bodybuilder chicks and was sort of introduced into this world. Okay, but this he's not a schmo world. anymore is what he's saying. No, and he's like wants to try to convince women not to take steroids and do this to their body. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's got to be irreversible. I mean, once you start start taking steroids, I mean, what, what, do you, what happens? Is it, like, like I've always heard it's water retention, so it kind of becomes fat. Yeah, I have I, I know nothing about. But I've I mean, never been inclined to take a steroid. 
I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It was kind of funny. It's like, what's the large, I mean, have you ever been with a girl that was like more muscular than you are? Well, I'm pretty fucking ripped myself. So that's probably, I'm not the person to ask <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, no, was, I haven't. You know, it's kind of funny. I actually, I was never with a girl that had like an elongated clitoris or, uh, you know, more body hair than me, but <laughs> she didn't take steroids, but she was a bodybuilder. Yeah, but girls shave, so you don't really, you can't really say one yeah, way or the other about whether rich. they have more body she hair. She was more of a really extremely athletic girl. Uh-huh. How big was her neck? <laughs> when I was working in Chicago at uh, the industrial supply company, I hooked up with this girl who uh, worked there that was, she she competed but she wasn't like like she'd compete, but she wasn't just ripped. Right. But so, it was. I mean, was she was she a bodybuilder or was she just more one of those like fitness competition type women that go out and jump around and do some results? Yeah, but she bullshit. was cut though. Like she was toned. Like she would flex her muscles, and she was definitely toned. Gross. At this, you know what? It was actually kind of gross. I remember we kind of hooked up, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not really into this. You're stronger than me." Are you trying to feed her like cakes and stuff? No, we arm wrestled. And, uh, yeah, she totally kicked my ass. But it was just kind of like, I'm like, you know, dude, I just don't understand how people kind of are even into this. It, it just kind of disgusts me. So uh, this guy goes on to write how um, he never characterized himself as a schmo. He claims schmoes are sexual deviates who pay women bodybuilders to wrestle them, to squeeze their sinewy biceps, to have their heads scissored between a pair of powerful powerful thighs or thrown around like a rag doll by a muscular dominatrix i don't mind the powerful thighs thing that's kind of cool yeah but this is that's like the coup de gras it's like they the the women at the end when they they win the match by pretty much just kind of like constricting them with the thighs all right and that's when the dudes start masturbating furiously <laughs> uh there's more money in it for her if she provides the hand release it's the most loathsome form of prostitution schmoes are the scum of the earth you would normally find while taking a trip through a sewer in a glass bottom boat guy gets really descriptive here he's really against the schmoes yeah i think and it's funny too because he's sitting here talking about how he met this girl who was uh like 150 pounds and was just like huge and ripped a big strong aggressive woman but he was just kind of turned off by it, I guess, in the end. But he goes on to describe what happens, like the effects of steroids on a female body. So he says, okay, so you don't mind having frequent sex with a big, strong, aggressive woman with a deep voice. I was able to put up with it for a while. But how about a big, strong, aggressive woman with a deep voice, a hairy ass, and a small penis? <laughs> well, it's not a penis. Well, clitoral enlargement resulting from androgen use is another irreversible side effect. He said he's seen more than one as big as his thumb. And uh, it will change the way you think about cunnilingus. <laughs> I mean, dude, could you imagine? You're gagging on it. Dude, I, if I went down on that and saw that, first of all, I'd be couldn't. easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the clitoris? That's right there in front of your face. When a woman so endowed becomes aroused, her clitoris becomes erect and sticks out just like a penis does. It even looks exactly like a miniature penis. Some women argue that this condition results in more frequent and uh, more intense orgasms. Others contend the added size increases sensitivity to the point where climbing a flight of stairs in tight pants is a problem. In either case, get used to it because it won't go away. Hirsutism, or rampant hair growth, is another effect. The hair growth sprouts up from the chin, chest, around the nipples, and the buttocks, especially the lower inner glutes and around the anus. I'm not into that. <laughs> Dude, seriously, I just like a little Hitler mustache, and that's it for me. Any more than that, I'm kind of like, listen, bitch, you got to shave. He says, um, 
He says a lot of women will spend hours standing in front of the mirror, plucking coarse dark hairs out of their chin or with a tweezer, shaving their chest, and doing extensive bikini waxing. Yeah, well, you got to maintain. This is another kind of weird one, too. Stomach distension is another side effect attributed to steroid use. The innards of the lower abdomen become irritated and swollen from the use of certain steroids. Chronic constipation, water retention, and intestinal gas can also contribute to the problem. Aren't they becoming more and more attractive as I go on here? Yeah. Finally, vaginal discharge. Sounds sexy, doesn't it? Women using steroids that are moderately to highly androgenic usually come down with a nasty case of the drip. That's what they call it. She doesn't have a disease or infection, just discharge. Obviously, this condition isn't harmful, and it does go away when the drugs are stopped. But while she has it, she has to deal with that as well. Hmm. So it's kind of sick. I, I just don't quite understand where, first of all, like where this fetish would even stem from i mean does it like come from like wrestling your sister when you're like a kid like you have a big sister or something it's probably that they talk about the you know some guys want a mom so they will but they're you know once you're full grown it's hard to get a woman that can pick you up and cradle you like a little baby (laughs) and i'm sure there's a lot of dudes who are really into comic books who you know read all these stan lee comic books with all these she hulk she hulk type women it says, for many future schmoes, the first crush was a tomboy. She maneuvered me into this deadly body scissors that made all the other boys scream and give up. And uh, that's what uh, this one dude was talking about, his nemesis, who was a ballet dancer, who was a teenager. This was the first chick he ever had sex with. Mm. And that kind of got him into the whole schmo thing. But I don't know, man. I find it fascinating. At the same time, rather disgusting. I mean, part of it is just the whole uh, domination thing, which I guess a lot of people are into also. But Well, they, this is basically a muscle-bound dominatrix. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. But the fact that these dudes, like, jerk off to schmo porn, <laughs> I don't know. Schmorn. <laughs> Schmorn. But it's like there's a whole article about, like, schmotography, and in a... Apparently, these people are disparaged. Like Schmotography in the, uh... or schmonography? <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> it's called schmotography. I saw a bunch of articles about it. You can even uh, search for it yourself. But... I'm sure it's all over the internet. But, uh, but I mean, these people are kind of like, you know, looked down upon, castigated within the uh, bodybuilding community because they're looked down as just deviates who are just into, like, uh, muscle-bound chicks. But apparently the chicks make a lot of money out of it, so it's kind of like a sugar daddy thing. And what, what the fuck, dude? It's like if you think a about it. A sugar daddy that you beat the shit out of. You get to beat the shit out of. It's almost like a win-win situation for the girls. I mean, they get to beat the shit out of these perverts, and they get to uh, get make a lot of money. I mean, all they got to do is give them a hand job. There you go. And a little scissor kicking. Well, you also have to work out. That sucks. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what, dude? It, it was saying here that the uh, last Miss Olympia competition, only 38 people went to it. In the audience? Yeah, in the audience. So it really isn't a very big sport. Yeah. There's I don't pro- know. And probably most of them were schmoes. Is there anybody who's interested in it just out of the sheer athleticism of the thing? Or Well, you know what I wonder about? Do bodybuilders even find bodybuilder chicks attractive? Like male bodybuilders, they find bodybuilder chicks attractive. I would bet no. I've always thought if you're a dude that into bodybuilding, you're probably gay anyway. Probably. I or mean, just so narcissistic to the point that you really just turn yourself on. You're just all about your own body. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Masturbate in front of the mirror, that sort of thing. We'll, we'll have to post a link to one of those schmo sites. It's kind of disgusting, dude. I swear to God, you'll lose your lunch. As soon as you see that elongated clitoris coming out at you in 3D, oh. make you want to puke. All right, well, uh, this is episode 89 here, Sick and Wrong. I want to do a quick recap of uh, last week, episode 88. <laughs> 
So uh, I did a story about an Oklahoma Sooners fan who, or a Texas Longhorn fan who lost his testicles to an Oklahoma Sooners fan. Yeah. Uh, Wankerly, you did a story about a do-it-yourself suicide guillotine, and a listener sent in a story about a Hills Have Eyes Virginia family who tortured a girl. Not to death, but they tortured her. Surprisingly enough, it was kind of a close uh, match here, but I came out with 104 votes. Listener came in with 78, and you came in with 44. Oh, I got trounced. So yeah, I took it. I took it this time. But I'd like to thank everyone for voting. SickAndWrongPodcast.com. And uh, people... You know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackerl and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Winner gets a case of beer, as voted by the audience. Listeners can also submit a story and get a Sick and Wrong care package, which everyone seems to covet these days. <laughs> uh, you can email a story to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Well, uh, Wackerl, I think you started last week's show, didn't you? Uh, I believe so. So let me kick off episode 89 here of Sick and Wrong. <laughs> So my story doesn't really fall in the humor category. It falls in just the pure heinous category. I was looking for an article, and you know, it was kind of slim pickings, actually. I was looking, the, one of the listeners found the article that I was going to do, and since the listener sent it in first, I was like, you know what, I'm going to let you have it. You're going to be the good guy? I was like, you know, I'm going to be the bigger man here, I'm going to let you have it. I don't want to have to deal with the bitchy, whiny emails. So I found my story, which is just particularly heinous. I'm going to try to make it funny. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to. So have you seen the uh, new I'll Halloween movie? I'll do what I can movie? to help you. No, I haven't. But I've heard that it's pretty good. So the kid, the uh, protagonist here of my story, is basically Michael Myers. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Okay. And I totally recommend it to people. It's actually uh, it's interesting. It's kind of like a retelling of the movie. Directed by Rob Zombie. Directed by Rob Zombie, which I thought, like, you know, I saw a couple of the other Rob Zombie movies. It was A House of a Thousand Corpses. And he did another one, Devil's Rejects. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of his movies kind of have this, like, the same elements. It's like they have this, like, white trash element, and they're just kind of, like, gory for the sake of being gory, but not really he seem, he's like intrinsic more, to the he's plot. He's more into the mood and the set pieces rather than, like, a freaky story. The yeah. stories are usually pretty generic, but, like, some of the stuff that goes on to tell the story sometimes is cool, but... But I must say he did a damn good job with Halloween. Okay. He totally, yeah, he went into the history so of Michael Myers. So this is a Myers. prequel? It's a prequel, but it's, it's basically a retelling of the story because it, it's, it goes back into the history of Michael Myers, where he came from and everything, and what it's, actually it's happened to him. It's got to be hard to top John Carpenter, so. It doesn't top John, John Carpenter, but it's but interesting. It's complimentary to, is Yeah, I would say it's complimentary. But you know what's interesting about it? You see Michael Myers is kind of this fat, chubby Hesher, and then all of a sudden he, you know, he kills his sister or whatever, gets put in an insane asylum, comes back out, like, it flash-forwarded 17 years later. And the thing, he's, like, as big as Conan the Barbarian. He's, like, this <laughs> massive, huge monster. Did it, you go to one of those jails where they make you push a wheel around well, in a that's circle what I was for wondering. They don't, He doesn't explain how the guy became so, so gargantuan and just became a beast. Yeah. Because, basically, the only thing they show Michael Myers doing is painting little masks. <laughs> Which I didn't know that made you into a big, huge dude, but well, apparently seen, it does. You've seen one flew over the flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? What he, the engine? Well, no, but it, uh, Jack Nicholson he tries to lift that thing, whatever it is, that hose that, array. No, wasn't it like a water fountain? Something like that. Yeah, maybe he was doing that while he was there, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, I, I don't know quite you exactly. Suspend what your happened. disbelief. Something yeah. happened. So, if my article happened on Halloween. 
He'd be very similar to Michael Myers. The real-life Michael Myers. Yeah. That's what the story is about. Okay. Teen charged with rape and murder of sister. This happened in Spotsylvania, Virginia. <laughs> Spotsylvania. That's pretty freaky. Yeah. That's Halloween-ish right there. A teenager was charged on Tuesday. Halloween's coming up, so. Yeah, it month, is. Right? It's, it's topical, fairly. A teenager was charged on Tuesday with killing and raping his sister and beating his niece with a sledgehammer in a crime the sheriff called one of the most brutal he's ever seen. Yeah, they are. Like, you've never that. heard that before. <clears throat> Walter Smith Jr., 16 years old. This kid's only 16. Probably been playing too much Grand Theft Auto. Probably. I would blame video games. He was charged with first-degree murder and rape of his 22-year-old sister, Betsy Mary Smith, and aggravated assault against his 2-year-old niece, Andrea Costello. Smith was charged after— Not his daughter. No, this was his niece. His 2-year-old niece. So, maybe okay. it was her kid. But he, sure. he is going to rape his, his sister. But yeah. this kid is not the pr- product of their— he doesn't, he doesn't love. rape the kid. He sledgehammers her. But it's not his kid. It's not saying. his kid, no. Okay. It's his niece. All right. Smith was charged after he recounted Monday morning's events to Spotsylvania detectives. Based on uh, his account, police said Betsy Smith was beaten with a sledgehammer and stabbed before being raped repeatedly. Which That's I don't quite sister. understand. Yeah, so he goes... Up to his sister. He beats her with a sledgehammer and stabs her and then rapes her. Don't you think she'd look more attractive before he did all that? Uh, I don't think he's concerned with what she looks like. It's his <laughs> sister. Yeah, I know. It's his sister on top of that. I guess it's a good way to subdue her. The sledgehammer always works. I wonder where he got the sledgehammer. The garage. Or the shed. Yeah, but how many people have sledgehammers in their garage? Quite a few, actually. <laughs> so during the uh, sledgehammering and the stabbing and the raping, the two-year-old girl, Costello, began crying. I guess uh, this enraged Walter Smith. So he grabbed the sledgehammer and struck her in the head with the sledgehammer repeatedly. I guess that's one way to shut up a crying infant. Yeah. I know. Betsy Smith, Costello, and a one-year-old boy were then locked up inside the room with a padlock. How old is the sister, does it say? 22 years old. And she's living at home with her brother and her son and daughter? She's living at home with her psychotic brother. What town is this And her in? son and a daughter. This is, ha- this is in Spotsylvania, <laughs> oh, okay. Virginia. I just, wanted, I just wanted to make sure. Weird things happen in Spotsylvania. <laughs> Apparently, the sheriff said here, a detective went to the house Monday night after a hospital worker called to report a suspected case of child abuse. So apparently they brought the kid in whose head was bashed in with a sledgehammer. They brought him for treatment. The toddler was flown to a hospital in Richmond, Virginia, and listed in serious but stable condition with a fractured skull and a broken nose. She was medevaced. Yeah. <laughs> Sent over there. A detective found family members of the child, including Walter Smith, in the house watching television. The detective then searched the house and... Uh, Behind a door that was locked, he found the dead body of Betsy Smith. Oh, she's dead. Yeah. Hmm. So he stabbed her, beat her with a sledgehammer, raped her, stuck her in a room with then the two her, other kids. Then beat her progeny. Yeah, beat her child, locked her in a room, and then just kind of was like hanging out. I oh. wonder who took the kid to the hospital. The neighbors, it sounded like, called the cops, right? Well, no, someone took the kid Oh, to the kid the was already there. Yeah. Um, Do they live with their mother or father? They don't really go into uh, much detail. They said that, uh, okay, Walter Smith's mother. Walter Smith's mother actually uh, ended up, Betsy and Walter's mother took the kid in the hospital. So she was there available to drive the kid to the hospital, but not available to prevent any of this mayhem. 
No, apparently not. Uh, nice. Uh, the sheriff said the children were Sounds not Sounds like a found. great family unit. <laughs> Dude, just like Michael Myers' family. Yeah, well. Because uh, remember, the, in the movie, actually, Michael Myers' mother was a stripper. She's out doing the stripping, and he's at Somebody's home. Somebody's got to bring home the bacon. Yeah, he's at home murdering his sister. Oh, wow. There yeah. you go. Uh, the sheriff said the children were not found until one of them began crying on Monday afternoon, and Betsy and Walter Smith's mother, uh, Mary Smith, told Walter to go check on them. So apparently, Walter just kind of left them up in the padlocked room, kids crying, and uh, he goes and uh, checks on the kids. and's like, oh, Mom, check it out. You know, something happened to little baby here. Uh, her face was messed up, said Mary Smith. No doubt. Yeah. She said, I asked Andrea after I cleaned her face up what happened to her. The little girl said she fell and bumped her head against the fuse box. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of amazing. Now, I've seen fuse boxes before, and I've seen small children before. They're usually about, what, two feet tall, maybe? The fuse box is usually about four feet off the ground, so I don't. I'm not buying this story. What I don't understand about it, it's like the kid's two years old. Why would the kid lie and say I I bumped my face into a fuse box? Why wouldn't she be like Psycho hit me in the head with a sledgehammer? Oh wait, she told the uh... yeah. The little oh. girl's two years old. The mother asked the kid what happened to her face, and she said she fell and bumped her head against a fuse box. That's messed up. Yeah. Well, well, I will give her this though. Her, uh, you know. Mental faculties are probably a little uh, discombobulated after being smashed in the face with a sledgehammer, so you can't really blame her. I don't think she's going to be a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, Mary Smith, the mother here, says she does not believe her son killed his sister. Of course. Quote, unquote, he don't remember nothing he did. He was out of it or something like that. It was an accident. He don't remember that stuff. Mary said her son had no history of violence but was on medication for depression. (laughs) You know, I've... I don't know, I've seen the Osbournes. You see what Ozzy can do when he's on Prozac? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It amazes me, though. Although that... he never smashed his kid's face. In, so. <laughs> With a sledgehammer? Let's not badmouth Ozzy too much. Yeah, he could have written a song about it. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. So, on the sick and wrong scale, this probably gets a negative five for humor. <laughs> it's not really all that funny. No. But, on the sick and wrong scale, in terms of uh, brown stars here, Yeah. Uh, you have a kid who raped... And sledgehammer and stabbed his sister. 16 years old he was? Yeah. And then uh, sledgehammered the uh, little girl, his young niece as well, and then locked him in a closet. I'm going to have to give this at least four stars. Yeah. Because you know this four kid, and a half. This kid is pure half. evil. He's going to grow up to be a complete psycho. Well, he's hopefully going to prison for, <laughs> for a what's, while. What's going to happen is he's going to go into an insane asylum. He's going to be painting little masks, and then he's going to come out. He's going to escape one day. He's going to be huge, and he's going to wreak havoc on the same neighborhood. He's going to go right back to the house he grew up in. That's what's going to happen. Right. And Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be there. Yep. Speaking of large clitorises. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We don't have time to get into that right now. All right, so I'll, I'll take four and a half stars. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. What, what do you have here for episode 89? In keeping with the theme of, uh, you know, Halloween. ridiculous child abuse gone to extremes, I have a story from Texas here. All right. Apparently, a Texas woman's oldest daughter, just seven years old, screamed, 
why mommy why mommy sorry why did you do this to me after she and her sisters were pulled out of their burning house saturday this was actually two saturdays ago but i got the story last week so dude that, that wasn't no a really apologies. good that wasn't a really good little kid voice do you want me to redo it all right why mommy why mommy why now, did that's you do convincing this to me? <laughs> you know you're gonna get bonus points for that all right thanks for the help uh, neighbors said that the mother of this daughter uh, told the fire investigator she had doused the children with gasoline and set them on fire. The girls, what ages, a bitch. The girls ages 7, 5, and 3 remained in the burn unit of a Dallas hospital Monday. Uh, their conditions have not been disclosed to the public yet. So the kids didn't even die? Apparently they're all still alive. That's disgusting. Um a neighbor, a neighbor named uh, somebody Green, or sorry, Greg Donahue, uh, told authorities that she coaxed the daughters into the closet by saying they were playing a game. He also said they, uh, this neighbor saw investigators remove a gas can from the house. So basically, the police and the fire department aren't saying any details about this, but the whole report is coming from the na- all these neighbors who, I guess this happened in the middle of the day or something. So they're playing hide-and-go-seek. She's like, get in the closet, well, and then she douses them with gasoline? They thought they were playing hide-and-go-seek. The mom had other uh, plans for the evening or day or whatever the hell, whenever the hell this happened. Um, after hearing a commotion on Saturday just before noon, so this was during the middle of the day, uh, another neighbor looked toward the Green's house a few doors down and saw the girls and their mother in the yard, and they were—I guess they were all four of them—were screaming. Um, another neighbor, well, yeah, they're burning alive. Another neighbor came and sprayed the kids with a hose. <laughs> you know, this is Texas, the middle of the summer; it's hot as fuck. People have at least their lawn sprinklers out and stuff. So somebody grabbed the hose, sprayed them down. You know, I'd like to think that if I was that neighbor. I would have done the same thing. At least, like, poured my beer on the kid or something. Yeah, I, it's I would cold, have done wet. something. Yeah. Something like that. Spray, maybe you have a keg. You could just pump it up and, <laughs> and spray, just spray the kid, you know. Uh, another neighbor grabbed some wet towels and ran to the house, which he wrapped around the seven year old. Uh, the youngest sister's hair and body were so badly burned that uh, this neighbor with the towels thought that she was a little boy. Jesus. Which you'd think if you had a neighbor with three kids, you'd know she had three daughters, but apparently that maybe they thought somebody was having a play date, a little what? Bernie play date or something. <laughs> was she wearing clothing? Uh, I think it was burned off. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm just assuming. Well, maybe he doesn't understand the difference in genitalia. Maybe that might be true. <laughs> the girl's father arrived, uh, uh, girls plural, the girl's plural fla- father arrived a short time later saying his wife... Must not have taken her medication. Jesus, This dude. is another in uh, yeah. keeping with your story. It's it's all about the medications. I, I just don't understand. If if these women need to take medication to prevent a psychotic episode like this, should they be locked away? Yeah, what, and I even wrote this question down almost exactly how you stated it. What kind of medication is this miracle drug that you're like, my wife's a crazy bitch. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> but... I'm convinced that she won't burn our children if she takes this pill every day. I just don't, don't even understand how the guy could marry this woman. Like, did it become a, did did she become like this after the marriage? I think that's usually how it happens. You know, everything's just buttons and bows and roses and puppy dogs' tails and all this shit. And then you get married, and then you're like, a, burn the kids. Then, yeah. Then it's like, oh my god, I married you know the little girl from The Exorcist. 
Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, I don't understand where these psychos come from. So um, on Monday, uh, a row of balloons, teddy bears, flowers, and candles. You need a lot of mylar for this. Well, that's uh, reading this, and and I think a couple of stories we've done over the past couple weeks have had this, and I think we need a term for this, like the mylar shrine was set up because it happens all the time, all over the place. Well, yeah, if anyone is, you know, if anyone dies in a drunk driving accident, you put right. a mylar balloon at the spot. But it's where, not just that; it's, it's it's the the teddy bears, the flowers. Uh, this happened when Princess Diana died. They like inundated the palace over there, Buckingham Palace, with, with mylar, this, with mylar and flowers and teddy bears. There needs to be a name that speaks to. And describes this phenomenon, and I'm I'm gonna propose just calling it the Mylar Shrine. The they Mylar set up the Mylar Shrine. A Mylar Shrine. Um, but it, this this I found this interesting, and this completely went over my head, or you know I didn't perceive this, but apparently this is becoming a completely commonplace thing in Texas. Uh, this past August, in a town called Flower Mound in Texas, Andrea Roberts shot her husband and 11 and 7 year old children. Andrea Yates, who you might remember that name, uh, she drowned her five children in the bathtub in 2001. Oh, yeah. 2003, Deanna Laney beat her two sons to death uh, and injured a third with stones. I, maybe she's a Muslim or something. <laughs> I don't know. In East Texas. How, how far away are these towns? Well, they're all in Texas. I mean, Texas it's is a big state, Texas. but it's all in Texas. Another woman, Lisa Ann Diaz, drowned her two daughters uh, in Plano in a bathtub. And Dina Schlosser fatally, fatally severed her 10-month-old daughter's arms with a kitchen knife in 2004 in another town in Texas. And even stranger, in another town in Texas, a megalomaniacal president came and, uh, you know, started a war with the country for no reason. Yeah, but his daughters are doing fine, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of them just got married, right? I forgot about that. The other one has that. a Coke problem. <laughs> I've expressed my interest in hanging out with the Bush girls, right? They're twins, right? Yeah, but I bet guarantee they both have elongated clitorises. Yeah, well, I don't know. They're hot and they party. Yeah, they are hot. Maybe yeah, they want to come cool. on the show. Maybe we could get them in as guests. I don't know. I wouldn't mind banging a bush. <laughs> I wonder if they have big bushes. Just in honor of their name. <laughs> this is the bush bush. I keep it trimmed, but I also keep it big. I bet you George makes him shave it. You're probably right. Yeah. He seems like a control freak. <laughs> That's it. Um, so she burnt her three kids. I, I almost think this is, goes back to that point that somebody made a while ago that just because people die doesn't make a story more sick and wrong. This story is more sick and wrong because the girls lived and are like out on the lawn in screaming, daylight, why, mommy, why? Screaming, looking like, I don't know, like they came Freddy out of Freddy Krueger? Yeah, like Freddy Krueger with their hair all melted off. I, I don't know about you, but I'm giving that five brown stars. Um, I'm going to go... Yeah, four and a half. Yeah, I'm giving it a five star. These three kids are going to be permanently disfigured for the rest of their lives. Oh, most definitely. And the reason they're disfigured is because of their mother. Right. And th- what is the dad doing leaving these girls with his mom? I, I don't She's know. He's clearly a psychopath. And now, like, how can the dad love the burn victims? That's going to be tough for him. Although at least he doesn't have to deal with when the kids, you know, become of age of the 16. They have to, like, deal with dating and all that. Yeah, no guys are going to be interested. No, and definitely not. So I bet you, I mean, I, I guess in that respect, he kind of got off the hook there. But <laughs> five stars all the way. You're horrible, by the way. I'm giving it five stars. <laughs> we'll see what the listening audience has to say about I that I hope you one. wake up tonight and these 
three small children are hovering over your face. Dude, that's what I think is going to happen. Except that I guess they didn't die, but I would be worried about them invading like the mother's dreams. Yeah. You know? Like Freddy Krueger. Exactly. The little knives on their fingers. I wonder if we can relate every story that we're doing in this show to a horror movie. We can try. So we had Halloween... We Friday have Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, sorry. Nightmare, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Elm Street. I can't even keep them straight. Well, you're going to have to maybe uh, really use your imagination for the listener's story I have here. seen a lot of horror movies, so I'll try. Okay. And uh, don't even mention Leprechaun. So uh, Why not? Why are you going to put limits on me like that? Because uh, Leprechaun, I don't count as a horror movie. <laughs> okay. I'll try not to. I count it as a comedy. <laughs> You're tuned into Open Grave Radio on the web at opengraveradio.com. So uh, this story was sent in by Nemo, who I don't think is the uh, fish. You and sure I, about that? No, I think it's like an Indian guy. Okay. Because like, you know how like in India, Nemo is probably a regular name? So uh, he says, what a pisser. Everyone wants to be a fucking star nowadays, even if it means pissing on grandma. Enjoy, Nemo. It's a great story, actually. So a man admits urinating on ill woman. The attack took place on Hartlepool's Jobson Street in July. A Hartlepool man is facing jail after he urinated on a disabled woman who lay dying in the street. (laughs) So this actually happened in the UK. I'm not quite sure where Hartlepool is, but uh, yeah, it sounds like a great town. (laughs) Any, Any type of town named after a pond or a pool or a swamp is good by me. The 27-year-old kid here shouted, this is YouTube material, as he degraded Christine Lekinsky, 50, who had fallen ill and laid dying in the street. I don't want anybody to get confused here. The person who sent this in isn't saying this is YouTube material. The guy who pissed on this old woman was yelling this as he was doing it. As he was pissing on the woman, yes. Was somebody filming it? Yeah, they were filming it on a cell phone. So uh, he is actually making a cell phone video out of it, which I wonder if we could find. What is wrong with England? And you know, on top of that, do you think YouTube would host that? Maybe on the adult section, you know, the explicit <laughs> section? I think it would be deleted as prohibited content. Yeah, he's going to have to go to uh, RedTube or something. <laughs> so Miss Lekinsky, who suffered a number of medical conditions, died from natural causes, an inquest found. Anthony Anderson admitted outraging public decency. That's like a crime there. Outraging public decency. This is way worse than the ASBO. This is like, you know, the anti-social behavioral order? No. It's in England. It's the first time I'm hearing it. What is that? You've never heard that before? No. What are you talking about? Oh, in England, if uh, you go and, like, graffiti a wall or something, uh, you get an ASBO. Do they tattoo it on your hand, like, in the 16th century? I think it's kind of like an MIP. Like, you get this little bill, you know, this little ticket that you got to pay, like, 80 bucks for, but... I don't know. I, apparently, people collect these asbos, and it's kind of like a right of, you know, you can brag about it, bragging rights. Would you be called an asbo? Like, you're an asbo. No, nah, I think it's kind of like, you know, hey, I got, hey, mate, I got 17 asbos. How about you? <laughs> and then they're like, well, I only got four. And it's just like, well, you're a fucking puff then. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of what, how they decide who's a man over there. So, um,. Hartlepool magistrates heard how on 27th of July, Miss Lekinsky was making her way home with a box of laminate flooring. I love how that's what they buy in the UK. Went to the store to go buy some laminate flooring. Oh, sonny, <laughs> I, will you help me install my laminate flooring? Suddenly, she fell ill and stumbled into a doorway. 
Although his actions did not contribute to her death, it was appalling behavior that robbed her of any dignity in the last hours of her life. Apparently, Anderson had smoked a cannabis joint and had been drinking when he and two friends spotted the old lady falling in the street. He tried to rouse her by throwing a bucket of water on her. Then he uh, proceeded to urinate on her and covered her with shaving foam. The where, incident was where does he get the bucket and where does he get the shaving foam? <laughs> I think what happened is they saw her fall, and I think, you know, at first they were just, like, concerned for her welfare, and they went over, and they're just like, you know, this old lady fell on the ground. And And she's got this, like, 50 pounds of laminate flooring on her back (laughs) in a bag. But what I find funny about it is at first he's just kind of like, well, we got to wake her up, mate. What should we do? Get a bucket of water. And they just pour the water on her. It almost reminds me of something out of the young ones. This is too deviant for the young ones, even, I think. Dude, I could see Vivian dumping a bucket of water on some old bag. Eh, Maybe you're right. I don't know. But apparently they threw the bucket of water or did not rouse her. So then he proceeded to urinate on her, then went and got some shaving cream and covered her completely from head to toe in shaving cream. And while his buddy was filming this on a mobile phone. Where are the the bobbies? (laughs) I don't know. This is why bobbies need guns. Well, even with the nightstick, they could just come and beat the hell out of these kids. I think the Bobbies had other things to do. I don't know. But apparently her friend was actually filming this, and I imagine everyone was having a great laugh. Was this during tea time or something? Were the Bobbies eating biscuits? You know, I bet you that's what was happening. The Bobbies were probably just sitting around eating biscuits, drinking some tea. With their little pinky outstretched. (laughs) She was later declared dead at the scene, the cause of death being given as pancreatic failure. Although his actions did not contribute to her death, it was appalling behavior that robbed her of any dignity in the last hours of her life. Apparently, afterwards, they just kind of left her in the street. Yeah, but isn't there isn't there some type of a charge that can be filed? Uh, I, I think there's Defiling one. Defiling a corpse. Well, no, a uh, failure to provide aid to somebody in distress. I think that's a. That's not a crime, is it? Yeah, I think it's a law somewhere. It might be state in law. Seinfeld. No, no, I think it really. Remember the is last a... episode of Seinfeld? Yeah, it sucked. But by the uh, but I think it's a real law. Like failure to provide aid to somebody, not somebody getting harassed, but if somebody's actually like dying and you are there and you don't even call 911 or whatever the hell they have in the UK, I would think that's some type of a crime. Well, other than being completely insensitive. <laughs> or completely wasted off of cannabis joints. Yeah, cannabis joints and a couple pints here. What well, kind of weed do they have over there, by the way? Yeah, I, I don't know, but I imagine it must be kind of strong for you to go and shaving cream a, di- a dying woman. Right. I don't understand why shaving cream. Well, they probably just used whatever was at hand. Oh, God, just hooligans. Right. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it blows my mind. Well, apparently uh, Anderson then... They left the woman. They left the woman in the street. Then they went out to a couple pubs and they found him in a club, like later that night drinking. And a, I imagine a witness turned him in. I'm hoping that this old lady has some like really big burly uh, football fan uh, nephews or sons or grandchildren that will. Uh, you know, apply a severe beating to these guys. Dude, I'm surprised that there. Yeah, her son didn't come over and box his kids' ears. Well, because isn't that what time. they do in England? There's still time, yeah. Yeah, I imagine when this guy gets out of prison or whatever he goes, he probably won't even go to prison, and I'm, I'm sure in England it's a slap on the wrist. Yeah, but I think he's going to be in more danger out on the streets because, like I said, I think this woman probably has some big, 
Well, Some after, type of a relative. After Wednesday's hearing, Ms. Lekinsky's brother, Mark, said, we will wait, await the outcome and just hope he gets what he deserves. So I bet you he's implying if this kid go, ends up walking, he's going to go hunt him down. Good for you, mate. You know, and I mean, dude, it's not like this kid was, a, you know, 16 years old. The kid was 27. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of people over there that are on the dole and don't have any responsibilities. They're kind of in perpetual childhood. I don't know, dude. It blows my mind. I, mean, I imagine this guy's got I, I bet you it was a group of chavs. Yeah, well, been. who knows? Just high, drunk. I think hooligan is the, just more of a catch-all term, which you provided. I don't know. It could be. So on the sick and wrong scale, I mean, this this lady died. She was obviously in need of help. She didn't need to get a bucket of water, piss, and shaving foam spread all over her. I'm going to have to give this at least three and a half stars. I'll give it four. You're giving it four? Yeah, it's just wrong. Just because of its, it's just sick the and degradation? Wrong. What, what, everything about that is both sick and wrong. I think the sick and wrong part about it is the kid didn't get his ears boxed. But as to the question of what horror movie... <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to think Psycho because of the whole old lady thing, and but uh, that doesn't really work. If there was a chainsaw, I would say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but there's no chainsaw <laughs> Obviously there. Obviously, you would say that if there was a... But there's, why, that's, that's a retarded point. Yeah, but I'm just saying it, it, this story is lacking a chainsaw. I'm really thinking the leprechaun. <laughs> You're thinking leprechaun? Because leprechauns are mischievous. Uh, they're always trying to trick people and, you know, saying that you're going to find their gold, but really they fuck you in the ass or pee all over you. But you remember how Leprechaun had several, there were several sequels. So was, you know how there's Leprechaun Goes to Space, Leprechaun... In the Hood. In the Hood. What is this, like Leprechaun in the UK? Leprechaun with some weed. Yeah. <laughs> leprechaun smokes Le- some Leprechaun pot. gets high. Yeah. Well, they yeah. like the green. Well, we'll have to say what the listening audience has to say about that one. People go vote. If people are going to vote for this story, I think they're obligated to uh, provide a horror movie reference. Reference. Definitely. Yeah. So go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com, and you can decide who won episode 89 here of Sick and Wrong. The best variety. Internet radio. IRB. Wackily is nearing the end of the show, and uh, we've been inundated with a lot of email. I'm going to try to give equal time to everybody, but as you know, we probably can't. So um, the first email that we received kind of cracked me up. I love how this guy gave me his full name and his email address. I think he was just asking for it. So this email comes from uh, John. I'm not going to say his last name because I have decency here. John says, I just listened to show 86, and I'm horrified to hear two men laughing and making jokes about the vile murder of a retarded girl. I used to help retarded people at a college, and believe you me, I would rather consider these people better the than likes of sick, in parentheses here, no, not sick, evil bastards like you. This whole paragraph here is littered with grammatical errors i'm just trying to get i'm trying to stumble through it here he says perhaps one day you will be walking along together when a crazed drug addict sets one of you on fire well when you're screaming i hope the passers-by just walk on by and let you because that is what deserve you would get on well with that other bastard from distorted view podcast (laughs) I think this guy might be retarded. I think he was drunk and angry when he wrote the email. <laughs> you think so? I think he might be a and little have, slow. And I have to say, I have no 
response <laughs> or excuse for myself or yourself. I know. We are two growing men that make fun of just complete atrocities. It's pretty pathetic. The only, the only well, are, thing I Are could, you feeling this, the pangs of remorse here, Wackerly? I'm just saying I am genuinely pretty much embarrassed by this show. Is that why you don't basis. tell anybody that you do it? Yeah, And exactly. why you go by the pseudonym? As do you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the only defense I could muster is that I, I think that we do these stories and we express disdain for we're not we're not praising. obviously we're rating them on how sick and wrong they are right we're pointing out that these are disgusting things and uh, I mean if this if this podcast was called the you rule podcast and we we're just like you know that guy rules because he you know burnt his three kids right. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I could see that as being insulting. Yeah, I mean, think about when these things happen, these people get defense attorneys. <laughs> exactly. And, and who's worse, us or the per- people who, you know, are out there trying to get these people off? Well, what I find... We're pointing out that they should be thrown away and or locked up and thrown away the key. Well, what I find kind of funny about this guy's email here is he implies that we actually hang out together. He says perhaps one day you'll be walking along together. Who does he think we are, like Terrence and Philip? <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, Terrence. Let's go for a little stroll through the Tenderloin. Hand okay, in hand. Philip, that sounds like a capital idea. I farted. <laughs> it's just like, what does he think? Like, we're walking hand in hand. A crazy drug addict's going to come up and pour gasoline on us or something? Yeah. Outside of the show, I really don't ever want to see you. Yeah, same with me. I mean, this is, <laughs> I'm pretty much the one hour that we sit here every week. That's just oversaturation for me. Yeah, that's my threshold. Yeah. Really. Seriously. If any more than that, I'm probably going to go insane. I don't so, know. So I, I hate to burst this guy's bubble, but it's probably not going to go down <laughs> yeah, like that. We're probably not going to get burned alive one of together. Us mi- one of us might yeah, get burned. Or maybe. we might get burned in separate incidents and in some weird synchronistic uh, you know, act of fate. It's nice, though, that he kind of uh, relates us to the guy from the Distorted View podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, he's got he, a popular podcast. Yeah, he's got a popular podcast. He must be kind of a sick And fuck, I also so like our... that that implies that he listens to that podcast also. <laughs> I mean, what's his problem? I don't know, dude. I think this is a retarded guy who just, you know, likes to, like, sit here and listen to podcasts. You and know, become that, enraged. Uh, yeah, and just become angry. I kind of, I can identify with that. Yeah. I, I don't know. What, what I don't understand, too, is he helped retarded people at a college. Why are retarded people in college? I don't even get that. <laughs> it, seriously, this guy's email, not only is it littered with grammatical errors, it's confusing. And you know and what? lacks a point. And you know what else? This is the first hate mail we've gotten in a long time. Why don't we get more hate mail? You know, I'm surprised by that. The last hate mail that we got was when we talked about the... Um, Remember that is a woman. Well, the miscarried fetuses that we made fun of. That, you know, people put up the shrine, oh, so they're yeah. miscarried fetuses. Somebody got really angry about that. That was like probably episode 30-something. Yeah, that was like 50 episodes ago. I know. I remember that woman sent that like long diatribe about how horrible we are. I want more hate mail. Yeah, I think we should be getting more hate mail. Instead, instead all we get are these like just emails of adoration. Yeah. People just being like, we love your podcast. You know what that leads me to believe? There are a lot of psychotic, sick fucks out there. I know. I think, And I think we're providing a useful outlet. Uh, you know, these people that listen to the show would be out there committing these nefarious deeds if they weren't listening to our show. Exactly. I think we're doing a social service. So this guy needs to lay off. <laughs> yeah. Lighten up there, John. 
So uh, we also got an email here from um, another person. He says, hey, guys, love your podcast. I just started listening the other week, and I'm working my way through your previous episodes. Not sure if anyone has told you this, but um, no one in Australia drinks Foster's. Foster's is an export-only drink, and it tastes like piss. Well, maybe it is piss. Well, most people here don't like it anyway. Keep up the good work, you filthy fucks. Tea. I call bullshit. You know that's news to me. It's got a it's got a kangaroo right on the can. I, yeah, it's like the can- wh- why would an Australian not drink a beer with a kangaroo on it's it? It's big. It's bigger than a normal beer. It's I think it's the same colors as the Australian flag. Do they make their own beer there? That they just don't export? Are they are they holding out on us? Do they have I, some awesome like? Miracle, Australian beer? Australian miracle beer that we're not allowed to have? What the, you what know, the this fuck? is news to me. I always thought from all the commercials you see here in the U.S., Australians drink Fosters, okay? I've never been to Australia, so I've, I think it's a reasonable assumption. I've been led to believe that Fosters is Australian for beer. That's what I always thought. Beer. You know, I, th- I th- thought, th- thought that's what it is. Well, so this guy says otherwise. I'm a little... We stand corrected. Yeah. But you know what, though, T? You might say you guys don't drink Fosters. What do you drink? I know, because if you're going to say that we can't reference Fosters as being the beer that Australians drink, you need to give us the what, what you guys really do drink. Yeah, because I'm, I'm completely confused here. We got another email here from Mark in New Jersey who says, Have you guys heard this song? It's called You Can't Taze This. And he sent a link to a YouTube video, which we should almost post on the website this week, which is probably the coolest song I've heard in a while. It's a, <laughs> it's a, ba- mashup, it's a mashup of, of uh, MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This with that kid in Florida, the University of Florida, screaming, don't tase me, bro. Right. Which is the best internet catchphrase I've heard in a long time. I like it. It's like when somebody's you know harshing you or whatever you want to call it, you just throw at them. Hey, dude, don't tase me, bro. I'm just trying to tell you something. <laughs> don't tase me, bro. I don't know. Oh, finally, uh, well, we got a call from Martin over at uh, From the Ville, Martin Steele. He wanted to know if we're going to the podcast convention, the podcast expo this weekend in uh, Monterey, California. What, what's the verdict? We haven't actually reached an ultimatum yet. Are we going to do this or we, not? We, we really we haven't done any planning is the problem. Yeah, but we live in San Francisco, so we could just drive down there for four hours. I think we're going to drive there. Well, one thing I'm definitely not going to do... We're going to stay in some Roach Coach Motel. Yeah, exactly. One thing I'm definitely not going to do is I'm not staying in the same hotel room as Martin and Steele, because Martin said... If you guys need a place to crash, you can crash in our hotel room. And so I was like, you know, that's actually pretty cool. You know, maybe I mean save a little money, crash in their hotel room. Then I listened to their most recent podcast where they were talking about – they were bemoaning the fact, actually, that they didn't have an extra bed, which they would refer to as their beating bed. So – so apparently Steele likes to have two beds in his room, one bed he sleeps on, one bed he masturbates on. And so he was saying <laughs> it's unfair that they're going to be staying in this hotel room and they're not going to have a beating bed. So where are they going to beat off? And I was like, you know what? I'm not sharing a hotel room with either one of you perverts. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. They have a room with only <laughs> two beds and he wants a third bed or they have a room with only one bed. <laughs> I that think, they're both going to sleep in. I think they have a room with two beds, but they're complaining that they didn't have a separate beating bed that they can use. It sounds like Steel is pulling for some cohabitation in one of the beds so he can save the other bed to beat in. 
I, you know, I don't know. And, and if we're staying in that room, what were there's going to be four people head to toe in this bed? Dude, I, I just don't want to be coated in down. steel and Martin's ball not milk. Down. It's not going to happen. I don't want to be coated in ball milk. I'd rather just pay the 60 bucks or whatever and get my own goddamn hotel room. I think that's how it's going to go down. I don't know, but I, uh, Steele said, I think he uh, ended up uh, solving their little dilemma by saying they're going to get a rollaway bed. <laughs> a rollaway uh, beat bed? Is he gonna, a rollaway beating is bed. Is he going to call down to the front desk and say, I'd like a beat bed set up? I bet you, I guarantee he will. And the concierge is going to be like, what? <laughs> you know, in fact, I don't even think I'll go back to their hotel room. I'll meet them at the bar, I'll hang out, but I'm definitely not going back to their hotel room. I'm maintaining a five-foot uh, <laughs> restraining order distance between myself and either of them. Yeah, but you got to watch out for Steele's elongated clitoris. It, <laughs> it will, like, sneak through and get you. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I'm Poke gonna, an eye out. I'm going to be vigilant. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. But um, in answer to the question, yeah, we, we will be going to the podcast expo, but we will be having our own hotel room. Seriously. The sick and wrong hotel room for any ladies who uh, listen to the show and who live down in that area of San Bernardino, what, east of L.A.? Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, finally here we got an email from uh, Christopher who sent us a picture of, uh, I don't know, one of my idols. I'm sure he's one of your idols. Uh, Chris Burke, who played Corky in Get a Life, or not Get a Life. <laughs> Life <laughs> no, Goes Life On. Life Goes On. I wish he was in Get a Life. It would have been great. It's also a great show. But uh, he sent a picture of Corky, who is basically being sandwiched between two bearded men. Who He, said, he calls it a Chris Burke bear sandwich. When you say sandwich, they all have their clothes on, right? Yeah, but he's in between. He's flanked by these two bearded dudes, and they they are fully clothed. But if um, I, I don't know if we talked about this in a previous episode, but Chris Burke, after life goes on, went on to a uh, you know a, a prolific recording career. Yeah, and so he is in a band with these two guys, Joe and John Damazzi, who are two brothers. And uh, yeah, they almost you, look like twins. I mean, I don't know. They do kind of look. You can go to chrisburke.org. If you ask me, these two dudes are trying to like jump on the uh, Corky bandwagon. Really, I, yeah. I, I think they're just two kind of losers. With they beards. look pretty talentless. Yeah, two beardos. Well, they do all the music, and Corky just kind of sits there and you know tards out in the background. Right, but they don't have their own podcast or anything. I mean, losers. Yeah, but they have a couple CDs out. Yeah, that's true. But they probably wouldn't if it wasn't for the Tard. No. Yeah. They'd so, be nobody without him. But anyway. You He's their to, ticket to happiness. You can go to chrisburke.org and uh, you can get, which I kind of want for my next birthday there, uh, Wackerly, hint, hint. I want the Celebrating Abilities t-shirt that they sell. It's a, basically a picture of all three of them. It says Celebrating Abilities. Have I ever bought you a birthday present? No, you what, grateful what fuck. What makes you think I'm going to start now? <laughs> what part of you makes you think I'm going to buy you a birthday present? Wishful thinking. I have no idea when your birthday is, and I don't want to know. Wishful thinking. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Well, that gets you nothing. But anyway, there's a bunch of cool things on there. You can buy, like, I think they have, like, five CDs out with some great songs, like Forever Friends, Love, 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 and the Dinosaur Song. But my favorite thing is the Celebrating Abilities t-shirt. I bought the picture, though, of all three, a signed picture for my sister for her birthday. Well, she'll love that. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, she can relate. You, you have to buy presents for your sister, but just the fact that you suggested that I buy you a present for your birthday means that this year I'm going to come over here and actually steal something from you on your birthday. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Markley, I thought it was, was thanks for doing the podcast. No. And hanging out with you. No. Dude, I'm going to burn you. This is a chore. 
<laughs> it certainly is. You, well, you, uh, you can burn me if I don't burn you first. The the sick and wrong song of the week is a uh, Corky and uh, the two weird beardo friends of his. It's called A World of Kindness, which I think should be the new sick and wrong theme song. I have we're no gonna dedicate we're gonna dedicate this to John, who uh, just seems to love the show. Yeah, and he yeah. loves tarts. And uh, we'll be back next week, actually. Next week is the Podcast Expo, so we'll have stories about what happened over there. And we're going to have my brother, hopefully, with a Mattress here on the show talking about the Folsom Street Fair, which is coming up next weekend as well. Does Mattress work at a mattress store, or does this name have some other origin that I don't probably even want to know about? I think it has another origin that you don't even want to think about. Ugh. Yeah, but we'll find all this out very soon. In episode 90 of Sick and Wrong. People, thanks for voting this month. Uh, we've already had like a record high of like almost 80 votes. And I think we're like number 17 there on Podcast Alley. So we're doing pretty well. Yeah. If you haven't voted already, go give us a vote. You can go click on our website on the uh, Podcast Alley link. Until next week, we'll be back. Take a sleazy. Goodbye. Imagine what the world would be like if we never saw her smile. Imagine what the world be like without the laughter of a child To hold a hand, to touch a heart, and never let it go The power lies in all of us, we just have to let it show Imagine what the world be like without a friend to share Imagine what the world be like if there were no one who cares To share a smile, to feel a pain To catch you if you fall In each and every one of us It's the power of us all